0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Good Tuesday morning. No surprise where we're going to start this morning. If you're watching on television, you're looking at a beautiful scenic shot of the Brooklyn Bridge. And the operative word this morning is Brooklyn, though not that incredible edifice sitting just about a quarter mile, a half a mile away from Keyshawn Johnson and myself. But a town that you may not have heard about until this past weekend, that would be Brooklyn Center Minnesota, a town of 30,000, about 10 miles north of Minneapolis, where a trial that has gripped the nation is taking place. You heard Stephen A. Smith, Doc Rivers and others weigh in and we'll let Key weigh in. We'll let you weigh in throughout the morning. Keyshawn, Jay, Will and Zubin. Jay is on paternity leave. Late last week, became a father for the second time. He'll be back later this week. Chris Canty, the Super Bowl champion, will be here in an hour. Mel Kuyper Jr.'s fourth mock draft will be released in two hours. He'll join us a little bit later this morning as well. But, Key, we can't start the morning anywhere but in Brooklyn Center Minnesota. As we sit here in the shadows of the Brooklyn Bridge, I'm sure what I'm about to say in the next 30 seconds, 99.9% of you already know. But let's just run down exactly what happened. We'll get your thoughts on it and then mm-hmm. get your thoughts of how the sports community, particularly in the Twin Cities region, is reacting. So Sunday afternoon, about 2 p.m., Dante Wright, 20 years old, pulled over, expired registration tags on his vehicle and in an incredible, powerful one minute unedited video that was shown Yesterday, two officers approach his car. They get out, they handcuff him. There's a little bit of a struggle. A third officer, a female, 26 years on the force, comes over, threatens to use a taser if anything goes wrong or he continues to resist with the two officers initially on the scene at the vehicle. She screams taser, taser as if she's about to use it and in the, according to the words of the Brooklyn Center Police Department accidentally discharged her weapon, which is their vernacular for shot him with her gun as opposed to tasing her with the taser. That is where we stand now. Protesters have been out there. Obviously, all of this is happening 10 miles away from the Derek Chauvin trial. And here we are with the prosecution likely to wrap up their case early next week. The jury could have it and a verdict could be rendered in that case by the end of the month while this is happening just 10 miles away. All the pro sports teams have weighed in. We'll get their thoughts in just a second, what they all said. Key, your thoughts on the latest senseless tragedy this country has seen.
2: Again, right? I mean, that's, it's just, again, it's, it's, it's one of those deals It's non-stop. And you always try to figure out why these things continue to keep happening repeating things after each other. It seems like it's like every month we're having this conversation. Every day we're having this conversation. Every week we're having this conversation. Somewhere in our country, police officers are abusing their privileges, and then there's somewhat excuses being made for their behavior. Um, And a lot of it is being caught on video, Imagine what's not being caught on video. Mm-hmm. And now you would think consciously that this police department, 10 miles away from where the George Floyd case is being held, that in their minds they would already be thinking about that in itself every single day. But clearly, that wasn't the case. I mean, the young man Dante gets put in this situation where now you have a female officer who has shot him thinking she was tasing him, but yet and still the coroner's report says homicide doesn't say shot by accident. Doesn't say car accident after he was shot is what fatally killed him. It's the bullet that fatally killed him. And it was homicide. I mean, like, when when they write on papers, homicide that means murder. That doesn't mean anything but such. So you 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 look at that man and you just you are afraid. I mean, we've had this conversation months ago about this same thing. When police get behind guys, especially black men, we going we break out into a cold sweat. No matter where we're at. As a kid, I was taught by my mom to pull into a gas station with lights and every for people, cameras, because, you know, cameras got they have gas cameras at gas stations are everywhere. They're all over the place. They're at the pumps. They're at the front of the stores, the side of the stores. So you have basically some witness there with those cameras. But guess what? Doesn't matter. You just look at the, the lieutenant from uh, the, the military. That was pepper sprayed. He pulled into a gas station. Didn't matter. Lit up. Didn't matter. Yeah, that was in Virginia. Yesterday. In Virginia. Yeah. Did, didn't matter. Yeah. You know, you got a young man that's there. And, 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 and in these situations, obviously, the police department, to a degree, is going to try and defend their officer best they could, and the public is going to say what they're going to say. But it doesn't matter because pulling someone over for expired tags Or whatever your reasoning is, Mm -hmm. whether it was tags, whether it was air freshener hanging from the window, whether the windows were too dark tinted, Mm -hmm. whether your car looks suspicious, whatever. It doesn't warrant someone to be shot dead. It just doesn't. It does not. You you know, you think the police officers have all this training because there's so much money spent on training how to de-escalate situations and it continues to happen. And it seems like it just keeps happening to black men where white men can go and murder people in all sorts of places and they can be handcuffed, put in the back of the car, driven off with no problems at all. Even to some degree taken to get a meal or two.
1: It just, I, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You're speaking of the young man that shot Jacob Blake and that uh, indeed did happen in Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm speaking of him.
2: Yeah, I'm speaking of him, but I'm just saying in general as giving an example. Sure, sure. You know, we could broaden the example essentially and say mm-hmm. they ignore what just happened. Yeah. They completely ignore it. But if it was a black man, that wouldn't be the case.
1: Well, I'll tell you that the local teams in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area certainly did not Ignore it. want to give credit to everybody in the Twin Cities, in all of the four major professional sports, as well as the WNBA weighing in. The Minnesota Twins had a baseball game yesterday. They were actually supposed to play in the afternoon. Yeah. That was the first game to be called off against the suddenly resurgent Boston Red Sox. They put out a statement. Their final line, the Minnesota Twins organization, extends its sympathies to the family Of Dante Wright. The Timberwolves were set to play the Brooklyn Nets. Their final sentence, the Timberwolves and the Lynx, the WNBA team, are linked together with regards to having same ownership. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Lynx extend our sincere sympathies to the family of Dante Wright. The Minnesota Wild, the NHL team, was scheduled to play the St. Louis Blues. That game is actually going to be made up next month the final statement from the wild, the final line, the Minnesota wild organization extends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Dante Wright. And obviously the Vikings are out of season, uh, but they of course are the most popular team in the region. And key, I would say I'm looking at all four statements here and you can see them on your screen. If you're watching on ESPN two uh, the Vikings had the strongest words of any because they, so- they chose to say this, which is a obvious thing, but sometimes people are very couched in these, uh, Prepared statements are prepared to the hilt in terms of what they say, in some cases what they don't say. But the Vikings went out there in a way the other teams did not, not impugning the other teams in any way, shape or form. But the Vikings, I mean, I don't think there's any coincidence. The Vikings, as you said before, is a 70 percent league that's African-American. The Vikings actually said, quote, this avoidable situation is yet another tragic reminder of the drastic need for change in law enforcement, training and police relations, specifically within the black community. That was the only team that went to those particular lengths.
2: And, and when you talk about the Minnesota Vikings, you got to also think about the general manager who runs the team and Rick Spillman. Mm-hmm. Rick Spillman has black children,
1: adopted black children. Yes, That's
2: correct. absolutely.
1: That's correct. Okay. We are presented by progressive insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. And I will just end with this one Powerful statement before we go to break. And this statement, this was an exchange that happened at the Brooklyn Center City Hall yesterday between the police chief and a bypasser, a standbyer, that essentially said, kind of yelled out, right? There's a lot of chaos, a lot of things going on. Quote, why is it that police officers in the United States keep killing young black men and young black women at a far, far higher rate than they do white people? And Tim Gannon, the police chief of Brooklyn Center Minnesota, said, I don't have an answer to that question. We'll leave it there. That was his response. I don't have an answer to that question. On the way, the answer to the question is Julian Edelman, recently retired, Foxborough forever, a Hall of Famer. I say yes. He says no way. I'm going to try to convince Key to put this guy in a track for Canton. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? I think that's my man, Coach Fox. I think, yeah, I'd recognize that raspy voice anywhere. Come on, man. Was that Coach Fox? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Coach John Fox, who's a ESPN NFL analyst. He might be. <laughs> Coach Fox loves to fish. I used to cover him with the Denver Broncos. We might be sitting on the boat alone on the Julian Edelman rowing to Canton Co- Tree. <laughs> Co-
2: Co- Coach, are you sure? Don't are you sure that was Coach Fox? It I don't want
1: to. Sounded like John Fox. Ed, was that John Fox? That sounded like John Fox to me. Are we waiting for confirmation? We're going to wait for confirmation. I, I
2: have no idea, but if that was Coach Fox, he'd need to call me. All
1: right, so here's the deal. Forever Foxborough. What you just heard there is Julian Edelman. He put out, I mean, it's 2021. How else would he do it? He put out a social media video, <laughs> basically. Michael Jordan faxed something that said, I'm back. Now you just Instagram and say, I'm gone. All right, so the bottom line is Edelman is done. 11, 12 years, all with the Patriots. Bill Belichick effusive in his praise. Yesterday, an amazing story, seven-round draft pick, a college quarterback that turned Mm -hmm. into one of the sure-handed receivers Mm -hmm. for the greatest quarterback in league history. Uh, There is a Hall of Fame that I'm pretty sure that Edelman will be in. That would be the Pats Hall of Fame who he's eligible to be in in 2025. That other one with the gold jackets is a point of contention, and that this morning is our poll question. We'd love to hear (coughs) from you. Is Julian Edelman, simply put... A Hall of Famer Sa ESPN 88729 3776 it's time for straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless i'll get straight to my thoughts on Edelman here in a second but key i think it's i'd be re- on, I'm Well i just want to get your oh, opinion oh, okay. as a as a wideout as a super bowl champion right he's a wideout he's a super bowl champion uh he didn't he played for bill belichick you know bill quite well um just from what you saw from what he did in the postseason his sort of rags to riches story being tom brady's security blanket um coming up with huge plays when non-football fans the world was watching a super bowl mvp by mm-hmm. the way he had 10 catches for 141 yards in the most offensively inept super bowl of all time <laughs> pat's ram so even yeah. in a game where nobody could score this guy was the best offensive player On the field, Just your thoughts on a career cut short, which, by the way, due to the retirement, will net him some cash, but also will save the Pats $3.4 million in cap room. Every penny counts with a reduced salary cap.
2: Yeah, it's a good, you said rags to riches, it's a good story. Great documentary. Great for a book. All those sort of things, right? I mean, he, he was seventh round pick. He played a position in the National Football League he had no experience at coming out of Kent where he was the quarterback, basically. Sort of like an option quarterback, but had a skill set that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots liked. And they said, hey, we can we could draft this young man and turn him into potentially a Wes Welker type Wayne Corbett type receiver with a little more skill set. Um, but other than that, ain't nothing know what, what else is there to talk about? He had a great career, three Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, played well in the playoffs. What else is there to talk about? When you start talking about Hall of Fame, that ain't miss me with that. All right, so you let's, can yeah. you can get kill that game. That doesn't and there's no disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. I like him. I think I've interviewed him. I think he's a great young man. He's a California kid, mm-hmm. but don't 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 do that. <clears throat> don't do that to guys that are in the Hall of Fame or ones that are going into the Hall of Fame to say based on postseason success that Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. I look, That conversation is not even – like, who wants to have that conversation, though, man? Seriously.
1: If you want to have it with Key, give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. Give us a call either way, obviously, is he or is he not. If you think he is and you want to get on the stump and make the case, 888-SAY-ESPN. If it's small, quick, and pithy like Edelman himself, you could do it on uh, Twitter as well, J. And Z. So, as I mentioned, it's 2021. Real quick, you got something,
2: Keith? No, I was going to say I fell in love with him mm-hmm. when they played Seattle in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and he lined up on the outside edge of the numbers and went ran a, a whip route. He kind of like it's a slant and he whipped it back out, put his foot in the ground and retraced. I was like, okay, that's the best they ever had in in that spot in New England. Out of all those guys that are kind of clones whether it's a, a, a Dion Branch or or or, or Troy Brown or Wes Welker or Amendola, Edelman's the best one out of all those guys, in my opinion. But when you start talking about the Gold Jacket, it's kind of like a you can't even let's let's not do that to ourselves.
1: Okay, we should mention that uh, he played in three Super Bowls, like you said, and you mentioned the Seattle Super Bowl. He really made his impact. In the other two Super Bowls, the catch to defy gravity in the 28-3 comeback, he doesn't make that catch. That comeback doesn't happen and the greatest Super Bowl rally of all time doesn't occur. Um, And, you know, you don't say this often. He made some really big catches in overtime of the Super Bowl, which is something not a lot of people have ever participated in. Here's my thing. You've said this before. Um, who's the one guy you would swap careers with? You said you were very happy with what you were able to do in your professional career. But there is one guy, right? You said this on the show. Jerry Rice is the only one. Right. Yeah. So in terms of postseason receptions and yards, Edelman trails only Jerry Rice, three Super Bowls, a Super Bowl MVP. Story matters because some people would tell you as great as Kurt Warner was, and I think he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer, of course, and he's got the gold jacket to prove it. His story was also part of his romanticism of going from the supermarket to the Hall of Fame, and I do think Edelman has that story as well. I'm not saying he's surefire, but he was a key cog for a modern day dynasty on the receiving end, shorthanded of the best quarterback of all time, played for the best coach of all time, was an integral part of all three Super Bowls, could have been the MVP of the other two, would have, could have, should have, but he was the MVP of one. And most importantly, in the biggest of moments, hear Barkley say this in basketball, right? Just didn't have the ring. I can't sit at the table with Mike and Shaq and all those guys. Edelman's got the rings, he did it in the postseason. I don't remember every catch David Tyree had. I remember one for sure. I don't remember every pass Eli Manning threw. I remember two for sure in two big games. If those two guys are going to get the benefit of the doubt, most notably Eli, who probably will be inducted because of those two Super Bowl championships, why not give Edelman the benefit of the doubt for being a key cog in three of them and the story to boot?
2: Zubin, no.
1: <laughs> I tried.
2: It's not No, Zubin. I, it, let's, let's be real with each other. Play with the greatest quarterback of all times, possibly the greatest coach to ever live, right. in an organization that knew what to do in the postseason. It, it it's nothing against his postseason career. He did a, a fabulous job, but no, let's just not just because a guy has statistics in the po- biggest games where they're throwing you the ball a lot because there's a mismatch there. Stop though. I mean, it, we we can't we can't do this. We just can't do this because when you start talking about the receiver position, you know, there's guys out there named Torrey Hope, and there's guys out there named Steve Smith and Chad Johnson. I mean, there's Ocho Cinco. There's guys that are out there. Mm-hmm. So let's just stop it,
1: please. Well, hit us up, and uh, it's, it's only seems, it only seems appropriate. We've got two callers on the line, one for, one against. We are a 50-50 good, country good, after all. So. Good <laughs> good
2: player, man. Good documentary, <laughs> good book. Hey, hey great story. But stop with the yellow jacket, man. You almost made me curse.
1: Rudy in Texas, Frank in Florida, hang on. And if you want to get on the line and you're with Key and adamantly agree with him that Edelman is in the hall of very good, 888 say ESPN, if you think he might be in and you want to rebut Key, same deal. Line it up. Your calls are next on whether Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. Straight talk wireless. No contract. No compromise. You heard Key's believe, opinion?
2: I can't believe y'all try to sell that, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's people waiting to sell. You next on whether Edelman is headed to Canton after Key has this from our friends at. You know, I do indeed think Edelman is a Hall of Famer. Key's got this from Indeed.
2: Regular job sites could take days to find the right candidate with Indeed. It can take seconds. Thanks to Indeed Instant Match. In search, millions of resumes in Indeed's database and instantly finds you up to 25 people whose resumes match your job criteria. Want to narrow the list even further? Add an Indeed skills test to see a candidate's skill that go beyond their resume. Maybe that's why Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com credit. I've always said, we'll go until the wheels come off. They finally have fallen off. I'll be making
0: my official announcement of my retirement from football.
1: Uh, he will be in the Hall of Fame because of those big moments and what he's been able to do.
0: This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin.
3: dribble drive. Curry goes in,
2: drives the layup. It's up and good. And there he is, Steph Curry. Now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors franchise history. He shines brighter than the Big Dipper as he passes Wilt Chamberlain into history.
1: That's a pretty good guy to follow into history and then surpass. Steph Curry with 53 and passing Wilt on the all-time franchise scoring mark list. 116-107. Win over the Nuggets, with all due respect to Curry, it's a momentous achievement. The bigger story in the game might have been Jamal Murray of the Nuggets leaving the game with the left knee injury. You might recall he'd actually missed the last four games with a right knee injury. Comes back, MRI, we'll wait to see. He's obviously a huge cog of what Denver is trying to do, trying to get to the NBA Finals, the Nuggets are for the first time in franchise history. The Minnesota Twins, the Timberwolves and the Wild all scheduled to play home games yesterday in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, but after the police shooting of Dante Wright all of that was put on hold all of the organizations in addition to the Minnesota Lynx and the Minnesota Vikings went out and put out statements talking about the quote-unquote tragic events and how their sympathies and condolences are with the Wright family and Julian Edelman, Foxborough forever. We're going to hear from Edelman in his retirement announcement here in just a moment. Just know he won three Super Bowls, Super Bowl MVP, played his entire career with the Pats and had some of the biggest catches in NFL postseason history, which you're seeing on the screen right now. The catch against Atlanta to help the greatest Super Bowl comeback of all time and clutch an overtime of the Super Bowl in that win over the Rams. Julian Edelman. Is done, and Belichick was effusive with his praise, saying he did everything we asked him to do, and indeed, he could do it. Your thoughts on Edelman in just seconds. Sports Center is brought to you by Nature Valley. Feel the joy of a sunny day, find the freedom of an open field, and taste the crunch from 100% whole grain oats. Stay outside longer with Nature Valley Oats and Honey Crunchy Granola Bars. We are better outside. We're doubling down on John Fox this morning. That's, that's for sure. Like that's, that is that is Foxy. I'd not recognize not like... the rasp anywhere.
2: Defensive coach.
1: And by the way, you heard...
2: nothing about offense.
1: <laughs> you heard Adam Amin there on the call. Edelman has thrown a touchdown pass in the biggest of spots as well. He was a former college quarterback. In my opinion, he could do... It all, just not enough for, yeah. for Key. Here we go, 25. Not enough for me, <laughs> hell. I, I don't
2: think it's enough for a lot of
1: people. We got some people on the line. As I mentioned, we're a 50-50 country, as you know, and it appears to be 50-50 on the phone lines. We'll get to that <laughs> in just a second. 888-ESPN, we're asking this morning, simply put, is Edelman a Hall of Famer? The one in Canton, not the one in Foxborough. Here's Julian Edelman in 25 seconds, making it official.
2: I've always said, I'm going to go until the wheels come off. And... uh They finally have fallen off. Due to an injury last year, I'll be making my official announcement of my retirement from football. It was a hard decision, but the right decision for me and my family. And I'm honored and so proud to be retiring a Patriot.
1: He was tickled pink in 2013 when he signed a one year, $1 million contract. He's come pretty far from the humble great roots story, man. of a MAC nothing, quarterback, mid American conference quarterback to clutch NFL performer, oh, however you want to
2: define it's it. It's a, a big time story. You think about guys all the time that are asked to switch positions because they just don't necessarily fit the skill set of that position or, or coaches see them as something different mm-hmm. and they have pushback. Right. He bought in and he turned into one of New England's great all-time wide receivers, which is huge. Like I said, that's a, it's, it's amazing that he's able to do that.
1: Let's get to the phone lines. I want to start, and once again, we're asking this morning on the phone line or on the Twitter feed if you want to go there, KJZ. Here we go. Eli in Wisconsin. You're on ESPN Radio. Edelman, a Hall of Famer or no?
3: It's Eli from Compton.
2: Oh, Eli from Compton. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that uh, Edelman is a, is a hall of fame receiver. He had a, a, a good career, but not a hall of fame. But on the other hand, I do believe that uh, you, Keyshawn had a hall of fame career, uh, uh, career. You had, uh, what was it? Nine seasons with over 70
0: receptions.
2: So I, I do believe that you deserve some consideration uh, for the hall of fame. Another thing too, I want to give Jay will look uh, credit. I'm a, I'm a sports fanatic, a basketball fanatic and uh Jay Will was one of the best point guards that I uh seen in college. If he didn't get injured, I would I believe that he would have uh went on to have like uh perennial all-star type of career and so uh I'll let you guys comment on that. No, it, it, as far as I go, no, I, I wasn't a Hall of Famer. I'm not oblivious to that. No, I'm not delusional at all. I think in terms of my career, I had a great career. I had as a, a solid as career as you could possibly have, done everything I wanted to do, whether it's Pro Bowls, Super Bowls, whatever you want to call it. But, no, I didn't play long enough for a receiver. If you If you play long enough, you compile those numbers that get you – into the Hall of Fame and I only played 11 years opposed to 15 or 16 years but thank you anyway.
1: Indeed. All right, Andy in Michigan set key straight here. Set key straight on Julian edelman What do you Man, what the hell?
3: <laughs> hey guys, big fans. I think he is a Hall of Famer and I'm and, you know, I'm going to tell you right now I'm a huge Lions fan. I do not think Calvin Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame. If you want to look at Kenny galladay's numbers compared to Megatron, they're almost identical. That's my piece. Comment
2: on it. Big fan, guys. Yeah, Kelvin Johnson is a a Hall of Famer. Uh, That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) So when he played the position, when he was in the league Mm -hmm. from start to finish, he was one of the top three at the position. It was not even close. When he was in the league, he was at the top three, whether he was one, two, or three, three, two, or one. Mm -hmm. He changed the game. Mm And, and, and that's what Hall of Famers do. They in an change, era of passing. In, a, in Well, in an era of passing, or if he didn't play in an era of passing, he changed the game. When, when he lined up, they knew where he was at at all times. There was no mistakes about it. They viced him. They put two people on him, one inside, one outside, as if it was a punt. That was not the case with Julian Edelman.
1: Yeah, and also I would mention Megatron. Keep in mind, a lot of it, and this is obviously, it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There's a separate college football hall of fame, obviously. But the fact that when you play at a school that's running the triple option like a Georgia Tech, that's why stats, I'm a stats guy, I'm a numbers guy. I didn't play the game. Key's always said it's not always about the stats because if you look at the stats of somebody like Megatron in college that played for a team that threw the ball like five times a game, you wouldn't think they would have prolific wide receivers. So sometimes the numbers... Don't say it all.
4: Can we see that graphic again? Can we see what they showed on on TV one more time? I, I, I Julian Edelman. Oh, Keyshawn Johnson retires. Okay. This okay. is when I retired. Yes, Joins this is the ESPN, ESPN. headline uh, when you retired. What did it say? Oh, star receiver Julian Edelman. Wow. <laughs> see? Wow. <laughs> see? So
3: maybe, that's, man, maybe that's
2: why I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame because they forgot to put the star Cut. in front of my name. <laughs>
1: Or maybe it was just in
2: front. Had they you do you that, need to the you, King,
4: you joined that's ESPN. That's it ESPN. said it right in the in the headline, and they couldn't a, put star. As, as,
2: as far as I know, whoever put that up, he's not working at ESPN any longer. Well, maybe
1: they thought you. They, everybody knew you were a star, so there's no point think, even mentioning. I it think initially
4: that they had disgruntled, and then they were like, you know what? Let's <laughs> let's not put that up there. Malcontent. Yeah,
2: yeah Malcontent. they all. You know how that goes. They always got to paint you that way. That's just what it is with the brush.
1: All right, let's make Key feel better. Frank in Florida, back up Key's case here on Julian Edelman. Hey guys, I uh, just I just think you know I love Edelman. I want him on my team. Great guy, great story, but there's levels to this. I mean, uh, not everyone can be a Hall of Famer. You know, it's just it's just that's just how it is. No,
2: you you're, you're right. Not everybody. I mean, it's a great story. He he played well in the postseason. You know, he he was Tom Brady's security blanket when it wasn't a Gronkowski around. There's no question about it. But when you start talking, I don't even know what it started at, to be honest with you, several years ago it started. It was like, oh, Julian Ellum is going to the Hall of Fame. I'm like, man, y'all need to stop. That was years ago.
1: Right. It had to be because of his postseason success because you, as have said, his regular season numbers would not merit the conversation. The postseason but numbers post-season are
2: not is the post-season. the not going to merit the conversation either. It's just not. I understand that he's Jerry Rice, second to Jerry Rice, I mean, you play for the New England Patriots. They're in the damn playoffs every single year. But he's part of if the reason you, of their if success. You, if you throw him the ball every single game, he makes five catches in his career every single year.
1: He's going to be next to Jerry Rice. No doubt. They're in the postseason every single year. But to your point, as a guy that had great hands, you still got to make those catches. You got that's, I mean, that,
2: you know? that's great, Zubin. There's no question about it. Yes, you got to make the catches. He's going to make the catches when they throw him the ball. But... They're selling this because it's Jerry rice. They're pushing him up there with Jer- just stop. I- I'll say it again. There's a Heinz ward out there. There's a Chad Ocho Cinco. There's a Reggie Wayne, a Tory hope. And I know I'm missing some people, mm-hmm. Steve Smith. I mean, that there's people that, and I ain't even mention myself just cause I don't want to do myself like that.
1: Right. I would just say sometimes, and, and we're going to get to Jane Atlanta here. And, uh, Byron in Indiana before we bring in Jeff Darlington as well. We're going all football here. Uh, to the top of the hour, um, I would just say that sometimes, you know, we just finished the NCAA men's basketball tournament. At the end, they always have the one shining uh-huh. moment, the great plays of the three weeks of the tournament. If there was something like that created for the NFL, like the last, the great moments of the last 25 years of the Super Bowl, yeah. Julian Edelman is making like numerous appearances. It's not putting him in the Hall of Fame, though. But he's he's coming up big
2: on the biggest it's not, of stages. I get it. There's a million people that come up big in a million of stages. Okay. Perfect example. My my good friend, Willie McGinnis. Mm-hmm. He holds the all-time sack record in the playoffs. Does that put Willie in the Hall of Fame? And he's got, I think he's got three Super Bowl rings with the Patriots.
1: Anybody that was there for any modicum of time is multiple. He's got right? multiple
2: so, yeah. Super Bowls and he was a sack machine. Does that put Willie Mack in the Hall of Fame?
1: Luther is this is this the we need the Luther Vandross version, the original one shining moment Monday night 11:22 Eastern y'all, time. Y'all crazy. Let, let it breathe Luther, let it breathe.
2: Y'all crazy with that. Julian is a good football player, man. He got the most out of it. But yeah. can no. <laughs> no. Okay, here's one for you.
1: Luther Vandross? No. no sorry, sorry. Is Rod Smith, your Denver Bronco, Rod Smith a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think he is, but I'm biased. He was also undrafted, and I think he's the un- greatest undrafted wide receiver in the history of football. And you, that's that's a superlative statement, so only one person he, he, can have that. So I believe, okay. yes, he should so, be. So you believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He ain't in. No, he's not getting in. That's all
2: I'm saying, and he's not getting in. He's got two Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. Went both times
1: and won and was big in mm-hmm. all their games. Rod Smith. Evan just threw out Devin Hester. Special teams, excitement, I think gets see I
2: think he'll get in because it's special teams. It's right? a different – yeah, they'll probably – I think Devin will get in because change of – Change the game as a
0: change position. Change the games as a special no teams
2: do. But here's one for you. Okay. What Hall of Famer you know that's in?
1: Just off the top of your head. At any position? we're we talking Any position. position okay,
2: okay. That never made a damn Pro Bowl – and never made an all-pro team. I, I, that's because a good one. your Pro Bowl is your peers for the most part. Right. There's a little bit of fans, but there's front office execs right. and players. Right, Julian Edelman ain't never tasted pineapple, which means Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii when it was in. Like, come on, fair enough, fair enough. That's all I'm the, saying. The All Pro is, is what this is what your peers. All-pro. This is what your peers who play against you see every single day. It's not diminishing his career. He had a fabulous career. Mm. He should be proud and like, yo, I did this damn thing. But when you start talking about them gold jackets and stuff, there's something different, man. Yeah, you got to be realistic with yourself, and fans got to be realistic.
1: Now, I did look this up the other day. There is actually just under thirty wide receivers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and obviously, we've been playing football in this country in the in the NFL for over a century—hundred and one years. We just celebrated at the National Football League, and there are a total of under 30 wide receivers in Canton, Ohio. Jeff Darlington covers the NFL for ESPN. He's been listening along. And Jeff, hey, look, you, like key, like myself, you're a fan first. We're lucky to do this for a living, but go ahead, weigh in. You've heard what some of the listeners have said. Now that it's officially done, we think, with Edelman, but then again, we said that with Gronk. We'll talk more about that in a second. First is Edelman, a Hall of Famer.
4: Who is like maybe I missed the callers who were saying it because I hear Key is worked up and I'm with him here. <laughs> who is saying that Julian Edelman is going to be in the Hall of Fame? Is, are people making that case?
2: Yeah, it, it it started after the big catch against Atlanta, and it just it every single year. I guess it it's one of those you know conversations. Then he retires, and then all of a sudden it's polls and it's conversations and it's
4: the world that yeah, we live in. I mean, Jeff. I get the conversation. It's the world yeah, we live yeah, in. No man. question, but I mean. I, The only thing I'm saying is if anybody's making that case, it's just not – it's not going to hold up. Like, it's not – it it just – like, to your point about Heinz Ward, like, it's just – until Heinz Ward is in, who's been a finalist for five – not been a finalist for five years, uh, there's no conversation. So, I don't don't think – yeah, I don't. I don't even know that Julian Edelman would think like if I think if you asked him, he'd be like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm a Hall of Famer." No,
2: exactly. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that, my guess. That's the same thing. The dude said I should belong in the Hall of Fame. I said, "No, I'm. I'm not there yet. I, I, I played 11 years and I put up some amazing numbers and I played with 16 different quarterbacks or something like that. But I didn't play. I got to be realistic with yeah. my mind. I didn't play long enough. Had I played 15 or 16, I years. I could still
4: make a much better know? case. Oh, yeah, of
2: course, but I don't. <laughs> I, mean, I don't. They were doing that. No, I don't want to do that because I, I would be delusional <laughs> but if I, also I decided don't want, to.
4: And I think that you feel the same way, Key. Like, I don't want to. I, I don't want the, the whole. Not that it matters. It's not that big of a deal. This isn't. But I don't want that Hall of Fame to de- debate to take away from what Julian is and was, which exactly. is just the ultimate overachiever. You know, like he was such a, a seventh round pick who right. just hadn't even played the wide receiver position. So, yeah. I mean, it was an awesome career. Uh, I felt, you know, it felt, he's a, I felt the same way about a lot of Patriots players. That The one thing I'll say about what I really like about Edelman is that Edelman's legacy, I feel like, is secure beyond just being a guy who rode the coattails of Tom Brady. Like, in some regard, yeah, a little bit. But, like, I think he did enough to deserve a legacy of his own right. Yes. Um, beyond... Just being part of Tom Brady's offense, which which by the way, says I mean that's a that's a pretty big deal because not many guys in Patriots uniforms were able to do that.
2: But he still had to catch the balls, he had to run the routes, he had to be smart, he had to be tough, yeah, he had to he had to work at that craft to play that position and be as good as he was at the times that he was there. Yeah. With that being said, uh Jeff, is his body all of a sudden miraculously going to recover in the next seven months <laughs> to be able to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
4: So I literally, I asked someone that exact same thing. I'm like, I don't get the sense here. I, I who, who knows? Cause even when Gronk was going through this, I was asking, um, it was pretty clear to me that Gronk had it in him that he was going to go play again. Like it was the mental strain of the Patriot way and I think this was a, a, maybe it overlooked. People thought it was all physical with him. It was the mental strain that caused Gronk to go into retirement and leave the Patriots. Um, that's not the case with Edelman. This, this is a beaten body. He said to himself, the wheels have fallen off. So I asked someone that same question. Am I going to get rope adobed here if I start saying that, you know, Julian's definitely done? Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, miraculously emerges from the coffin in a Bucks uniform? And uh, that does not sound like it's going to be the case. This, to me, sounds like Julian Edelman recognizes that his time is, is done in the NFL.
2: With your great reporting and your sneaky skills, you were all over the Tom <laughs> Brady news last year and unveiled to the world that Brady was headed to the Buccaneers. And with that being said, I know you've all over this Aaron Rodgers situation down in Green Bay. What's going to happen yeah. there? Is he getting an extension or is it going to be a year-to-year situation?
4: Yeah, it, it's funny. I, as much as... I think Aaron's, first, first of all, extremely smart with everything that he's saying. Like, and, and everything that he's saying is coming with strategy. When he kind of sort of pushes it onto the Packers, uh, not only do, do I think he wants the, the onus to be on the Packers, I think it deserves to be on the organization. It's their turn now. If we're, if we're playing tennis... You know, it's, it's their turn now to, to return serve and say, hey, like, this is how we feel about you. Um, we're either going to show you through the players we acquire or we're going to throw you show you in the form of, of a contract. And I think um, Aaron can do nothing else but say, hey, if the team wants me, we can have that conversation. But to date, it hasn't happened. So uh, while it feels like Aaron is doing all the talking because he's the one... In public, I think it's, it's actually time for the Packers to kind of show what they think of Aaron Rodgers.
2: Clowny to the Browns, is it going to finally happen?
4: Feels like it's going to. Um, I don't know yet, but it feels like uh, we're headed that direction. That's, that's basically all I can say at this point. I think that um, I'd be surprised if it doesn't.
1: All right. That was reported by your colleague, Diana Rossini, yesterday. And Jeff will continue to work that story, as will Diana, and we'll see if it's yet another landing spot for Jadeveon Clowney. Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning. And once and for all, clearing up the Julian Edelman debate. Oh, stop, man. But it's no debate. It's no debate. The debate that's no debate. Thank you, Jeff. Keyshawn J. Wilson, presented by Progressive Insurance. That was Jeff Darlington on the Goodyear Hotline. We're also brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, cutting your wireless bill in half. That feels good. Get 20 free gigs of high speed data for 45 bucks a month. That's up to 50% less than the other guy's straight talk wireless.
2: I think Julian Edelman should get into the media, though. I do. I think he's got a nice look, I think he has a personality. And maybe he goes into Hollywood. He's a California kid, and maybe he goes into Hollywood. I think he could do that, too.
1: He'll have some options. Let's talk a little bit more about the Browns. If they were to add Javon Clowney to a team that already seems to have their coach in place, their GM in place, they've got the quarterback, they've got Miles Garrett, the quarterback of the defense. Where are they, in your opinion, in the AFC? Just a reminder, they've never won their division. The AFC North's been around for 19 years. The NFL realigned in '02. 2 Even the Bengals, Key, have won the AFC North three times. The Browns have never won this division. And now I'm going to ask you, where are they in the conference? They're at the top. Right there oh, with the, the Chiefs. Oh, the conference. In the, the conference. conference. The hierarchy. Um,
2: yeah, I, you know, it's the Chiefs. A little drop-off, right? And then it's a little gap in between. Buffalo. And it's like Buffaloes. And I know you're going to hate me for this. Then there's always going to be New England. Yeah. I mean, they're they're you know, these teams are right there, but in within their own division, they're at the top. What they've done in the offseason, if they add Jadavion Clowney to pair him with Miles Garrett and get some pressure off the edge, he's not a big sack guy, mm-hmm. but he's a disruptor of the quarterback spot, which means that he can move the quarterback off his landmark, which causes problems at times. He plays strong against the run. And you never know how a guy feels being around a team that has some winning attitude like the Cleveland Browns.
1: In 45 minutes from now, Key's real rankings. It's most intriguing teams for Key heading into 2021. We'll see if the Browns make the cut on Key's list. As I mentioned, they've never won the AFC North. Now looking to try to win the AFC. On the way, Minnesota, the capital of the sports world last night. Nothing to do with sports.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.